Blog Talk Radio. Monday, October the 9th, 2017. I'm your host and author of the book, Destiny Awaits, The Pouring Out of Wisdom for Humanity to Drink, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you from Owings Mills, Maryland. This broadcast is being sponsored by Mr. Minds LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny. Once again, we are super excited excited this evening about being with you and to be able to share love and wisdom with the desire to uplift, inspire, motivate, and empower you to live a more peace-filled, joyful, and loving life. To receive and download this podcast, simply go to the iTunes store, click on podcast, and type in A Date with Destiny. You can also receive it via my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, or simply by Googling us, Blog Talk Radio, A Date with Destiny. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Lease 101. That's L-Y-S-E 101. And we're also on Instagram as well. If you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business, you can send a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net, or via my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. Once again, we are excited to be able to share with our listeners information from people of all walks of life that we believe will inspire, motivate, and empower you. We are so happy to be in our fifth year of broadcasting and can't wait to share some great things from some really extraordinary people we have coming up for the rest of this season. But tonight, we have another amazing show. We have joining with us this evening the typewriter artist, Mr. Vincent Hall. Vincent Hall is a 76-year-old artist from Queens, New York, who uses the typewriter as a paintbrush to recreate historical places in New York such as the Brooklyn Bridge, made entirely, okay, entirely by tapping out a few keys on his typewriter. His work has been sold to art collectors around the world. His art can now be seen in the Smithsonian Institute and has been commissioned to be in the National Museum of African History and Culture. Vincent graduated from the prestigious Bronx High School of Science in 1958, two years ahead of Stokely Carmichael in 1960, and 20 years before fellow physicist Neil deGrasse Tyson in 1978. After his studies at Hunter College, BS Physics 1962, Vincent began his work as a physical scientist for the U.S. Treasury Department's Bureaus of Customs Laboratory in 1963. Many investigations later, he transited over to nuclear research at Radiation Radiation Applications, Inc., making significant inroads on Defense Department and Jet Propulsion Laboratory contracts. It was while working on a NASA space erectable, erectable project in the 1970s that Vincent envisioned creating fine art 
utilizing differential equations to rearticulate a typewriter's output on papers. His theories merged spatial accuracy with imagery aesthetic. Vincent retired from the physics lab in 2008, devoting himself to the refinement and presentations of his typewritten medium. Whew, that's a mouthful. <laughs> so a date with destiny would now like to welcome Mr. Vincent Hall to the show. Hello, Vincent. How are you today? It's fine, Lisa. How are you? I am good, man. I'm telling you, after reading that, that was like a tongue twister <laughs> and just a mouthful <laughs> to say it. I can't even imagine what it was like to do all of that. Oh, my goodness. You are amazing. Well, thank you. Uh, it's, it is rather difficult to, to – <laughs> well, I, I would uh-huh. have to, to just it's honestly saying, and you know, to – to come up with an idea and and develop it and and work with it until you see the output, the end did yeah. justify the means, but it it Woo. was many investigations later, so it's taken yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it has taken a while. But when you hear all of that, I mean, do you sometimes when you hear all that, do you sit there and think to yourself, who are they talking about? Did I do all that? I mean, do you even feel like? You know, looking back, can you believe that you've literally like just just done all of this stuff? Well, I, I it's it's it was an, a large undertaking to yeah to try and and take something that had never been done before, right? And particularly in the arts, which were proliferated for thousands of years, we've had artists of all stripes. For hundreds and hundreds of years, of, you know, using essentially the same equipment, different paints and things like different media, but always the paintbrush. Yeah. Right. Or something that you, or a pen, or a, a pencil, or a piece of charcoal, or whatever, but something that you could use your hand to move around. And, right. And place the markings where you want them. Right. So, it was, I guess, truly outside the box to say, well, I'm going to type it. Well, <laughs> when you say outside the box, there is no box when it comes to what you've done. Um, your work is some of the most amazing art I've ever seen. Uh, when you When you first look at a piece of your work, you really don't know what you're looking at. You know, you, you don't know. If if someone wasn't there to tell you or if it wasn't like a little description underneath of it to tell you what you're looking at, you wouldn't know what it was. Because when I first saw your work, like up close and personal, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it, and then I'm like, oh, man, this is nice. And then, you know, um, you said, I think it was you because, you know, we were all together one evening. And it was either mm-hmm. you or someone else that said, you know, this is, um, was done all by using the typewriter. I'm like, wait, what? What What did you just say? And they're like, no, everything looking at was a keystroke from a typewriter. It's amazing. Well, Absolutely you. amazing. So tell me, Vincent, let's go, let's take you way back. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Because okay. I believe that this, um, when you started this, um, if I did my research correctly, um, it was in the 70s, I believe. Right. How did this come about for you? Well, at, at my first uh, inkling that uh, art might be done on the typewriter was uh, a contest I saw on the Reader's Digest for typewriter mm-hmm. art. Okay. And they offered a, a $500 first prize and the second prize and the third prize for entries by a certain deadline. Mm-hmm. And they had some examples, like stick drawings that were done on a typewriter. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was relatively reasonable. I said, well, let me try and see what I can come up with. And I did a piece. I, I did an architectural piece in my parents' home. And I just... Before I knew it, I had passed the deadline, so I didn't get a chance to enter it. And mm-hmm. I did see a few months later they published the winning the winning pictures, and, 
And I thought then, I said, oh, well, that's that's what reads. I was a national uh, magazine at the time. And in the 70s, it probably had a larger circulation than it has now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, in, you know, in every doctor's office and every dentist's yeah. office, where we went, there was a reader's digest. So mm-hmm. I thought then, well, that what I had done was fair, but... I realized then, I you know, let me let me work a little harder at this and put and and make it so it's not a random end. It's not something. It's something that has to be planned from the beginning. Right. More or less. Right. So that's it. And, and when I you say planned, well, wait a minute. Let me stop yeah. you there for a second because when you say planned from the beginning, right. what do you mean? Well, when you make when you, well, I usually start with a straight line. When you put that first straight line, which is the underline, mm-hmm. on the paper, and you're starting to build the picture, if you are working, if you're doing a an abstract design, then you could just put the paper in and start doing stuff. But if mm-hmm. you're trying to replicate an image, and have it look like something representative of of, of the recreation you're trying to do, that's what I was trying to do, then it would right. have to be planned. And so okay. to make the plan work, you would have it would have to be mathematical because okay. the typewriter is so exact. Each, right. each stroke is going to come out a certain distance from the prior one and so on down the line. So it's, it's set up for exact uh, replication of what the artist or typist inputs into it. Mm-hmm. All right. So there no, but you have, you can, uh, if you look closely at my work, you'll see that this is one letter, and that building is made out of these, and another building is made out of those, yeah. and they're different characters. So that can't be haphazard. That has to be right. result of a plan. So that's what I mean. Right. It has to be well planned out. Of the mathematics take probably twice as much time as the actual typing. Yeah, because that's really like what you're doing is architect, like architectural. Right. And if you yeah. were and, and I mean, an architect were to lay out a, a, a design, uh, he would lay it out. And then today's, they have the computers, the NICADs would do it. But mm-hmm. back in that time, uh the architect did his drawings by hand, and I've done architectural drawing. They're part of my okay. background. I guess that right. gives me and, and me I, and yeah. probably you would have to have that as much as the mathematics to really be able to competently execute the work. I was going to say because no, no, there no, because not having it's the outcome of mathematical computations. Yep. And that helps me select the keystrokes that I'll use. And of course the up and downs and how many across and the over over strikes which give me my depth and, and, and coloration mm. and tone. So back then also I had the advantage of 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 color typewriter ribbons being available um, to the consumer. Because mm-hmm. there were there weren't any uh, word processors or computers and during that time, so I mean, virtually every office, every 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 company had a, someone doing typing. For them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I could get colored ribbons, and that's I use in doing that Brooklyn Bridge. I was able to get a brown ribbon that approached the color and tone of the actual bridge itself. So they don't have that available anymore? Uh, no, I just did a piece. I wanted to uh, did a very uh, famous uh, piece, the Falling Water uh, mm-hmm. Mansion that, uh, mm-hmm. that's in Pennsylvania. I wanted to do that, but, but I couldn't get green and I couldn't get blue. I could only get red and black ink. So I'm oh, working okay. now in black and white, more or less. 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. and that just turns out just as well. I mean, again, it is some of the most amazing stuff. And um for my listeners, um if you haven't seen some of his work, you can visit his website and you can also visit his Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash the typewriter artist. And his website is Vincent Hall Type, T-Y-P-E dot com. And I will say that again as the show goes on. So go to either one of those um, sites and uh, take a look at what you see. Now, Vincent, um, I know that you're still creating, correct? But we're going to get to that part. I want you to talk about um, the Smithsonian. How did that come about? Uh, it came. It came as a result of uh, an entry I made to them. Uh, mm-hmm. I sent them a photograph of my typewritten execution of the Smithsonian Castle. Okay. And I also sent to them, uh, I had also taken my artwork and put it on a souvenir truck so that they could mm-hmm. see how it looked. I know that there's gift shops at souvenirs. And I mm-hmm. sent it off, and uh, almost immediately I got a response. Uh, and wow. A product opportunity. Uh, they wondered if I could produce uh, my art on T-shirts and other souvenir items. Mm-hmm. And if not, would I, you know, accept the honorarium and allow them to do it? So, but it was, wow. a, it was a result of, of me sending them uh, an image of my work. Right. Uh, yeah, I, In other words, you just took a chance. And you followed, you know, your gut, and you said, "Just, you know, what can, what, what do I have to lose?" Yeah, let, right. Let let me see what they say. Right. You know? Yeah. If you right. You really have yeah. to. You have to knock on doors. Uh, yes. It's yes, and and yeah, and we're still knocking. knocking. We're still knocking. <laughs> there you go. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's and then right. from that. Yeah, so, and then from that, what happened? You were in the Smithsonian, and then what other museum? Well, at this point, uh, I'm still in the market for uh, having my art in other museums. It's a little, uh, I won't say mind-boggling, but if you, if you, it's who you know many times. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and when you... Oh, it's going to happen, I've, though. And, and I've, I've sent... I've, the normal submission processes uh, when I submit uh, to open calls for artists and artwork. Yeah. Uh, I've received responses. Yes, we'd love to have your photographs and I'll show. Uh, even when I tell them that it's done on the typewriter, and still, they don't, it's, it's like, it's it's said, but it's not heard. And so they right. think of my work as photography. All right. Uh-huh. That is a uh-huh. photograph of the actual. Well, when I did my capital, capital, uh-huh. it's it's mistaken for a photograph. Right, right, right. Because right. so, I mean, it's just that pristine when you look at it. It, it does. Is that look, at first, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that, that it's just amazing. I have not even. I still can't wrap my mind around. <laughs> What you've done, I just you know, but but you are you have been commissioned uh, for your work to be seen at the um, African American Museum too. Well, yes. What happened was uh, the the Smithsonian Institute, which is the umbrella, which right. has the nineteenth museums. Uh, uh-huh. Well, and my my original treatment to them was for the castle, and that's the one that okay. they purchased. I, I took it down. I met with the officials, and uh, I sold them uh, the print of the castle and signed the license uh, for them to utilize it in their souvenir program. Mm -hmm. And it was at that time they said, well, we want to commission you to do our new museum, which is opening in September. This was in uh, August, early August of 2016. 
So mm-hmm. it was opening the next month. So I accepted the commission, and I went back to New York, and I, well, I took some pictures to work from. And I went back mm-hmm. to New York, and I executed uh, my rendition of the National Museum of African American History. And it's amazing. It and is amazing, ladies and down. gentlemen. I took it down, and of course they were satisfied. I won't say of course they were satisfied. But yeah, you can say they, it. It's okay. They, of they, course they were but satisfied. They, <laughs> they they want me to do all of their museums. Uh huh. Wow. So anyway, uh, depending upon the public's reaction, uh, the public has to right. like my art, and if right. so, then I will will be there. Uh, I will be. I, I have an open commission to do more of their their uh, mm-hmm. museums. In fact, I've already done the National Museum of Rapid of uh, American, the American Indian that they have in Washington. Okay. That's completed. All right. And then okay. I'm working on the National Aeronautic and Space Museum. Wow. I have some some um, portions of that already done. You know, um, I have so many questions, but I want to ask you real quick. Do you um, actually know um, Neil deGrasse Tyson? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a 20 year age difference. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I was. I, of course, I love to meet him. The yeah. uh, we have uh, that school at that time, even today, is an exceptional school. And yeah. um, and we have a camaraderie. All of its graduates. In fact, I was right. in touch with a fellow graduate. He also was on the track team with me in in the late fifties, and we ran into pen relays and, and did mm-hmm. all that. His name mm-hmm. Norman Marinoff, and um, and okay. we we uh, we reestablished contact with each other through Facebook. Oh, and it was really it was really great hearing from someone we were very close teammates, and yeah, uh, and from twelve fifty seven fifty eight, you know, we were. City Championship uh, caliber runners okay. uh, on a relay team that uh, it just was set set new standards. And uh, wow, by this, was, this was past month that we reconnected. So I don't so, think I knew that, Vincent. Uh, I don't think I knew that you were a track superstar. Yeah, you know, this superstar. family. Yeah, you're a superstar. <laughs> Come on now, you can you can okay. go ahead and just you know. I qualified yeah. for the Rome Olympics in 1960. You right. did? Yes. I set some municipal college records in the broadcast. Wow. Yeah, because you yeah. know Gary um, coaches track, right? Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he's a crazy well, one thing, he it, ran. It, yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. He ran what? No, I was going to say um, he ran in Penn, too, when he was in school. He got a scholarship to run, so he was he was a superstar as well. Okay, so that's good. And my daughter, as a matter of fact. Uh huh. Well, it sets you up that. for a life. It sets you up for a lifetime of, of healthy uh, fitness. You know. Yes. Yeah. Never been out of shape. You know. Yeah. Or grossly out of shape, and it's. Uh, I I think it's any sport where you have to train and condition and develop your body. Um, it's something that's that that. Establishes the firmament, establishes the body being that can have longevity easily. Yes. Yes, I I do. I agree. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, No, I'm just going to say that people look at you like you can go on his website too and and Facebook and um, his picture, ladies. Okay, I'm ladies. I'm speaking to the ladies. Um, he, you would not be able to tell that he's 76 years old. So the track, when you were running back then and you've kept yourself looking good, um, and it's important, you know, um, and so, yeah, you, you. The quality mm -hmm. of life is not only for yourself, but for your family. It's important that, that we keep our, our lives, um, well settled and, and healthy, uh, 
a healthy lifestyle is important because at this point yes, in, in the years and you look around and so many of my classmates, peers coming up are gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, I lost many of my friends in, 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 the, in the Vietnam era. Uh, fortunately for me, I was overage for Vietnam. Mm-hmm. That's that was good. So I was too old to be yeah. drafted. But yeah. so for, for those that were younger than me that did, many of them didn't come back. And then the, then you have the the scars of, of other things that happened in the inner cities, from the unfortunately drugs and just just life takes a toll on so many people. Yes. Uh, that yeah. a healthy lifestyle is is it builds a, it builds your armor. To protect yeah. you, you know, through the years, and 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 life is a, 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 a less the less your body is, uh, in, in, I won't say emaciated, but the less the less damage you do to it, the better it is for you for longevity. Right. And of course, it's on a case by case in basis, and you have to be probably a little lucky. But at the same time, you should do your best for yourself. That's realize, right. You know, that's your body is your temple. Please take care of it. There you go. That's there you my go. best advice to everyone. Yeah. Because you know, body, mind, body, healthy body has a healthy mind and a healthy life. There you that's go. Love it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Thank you for that. That is absolutely mm-hmm. true. So, um, how intricate, okay, I know it's intricate because you, you already kind of talked about that, but you say that um, you don't use a paintbrush, which, you know, you can, when you look at your work, you can tell that it's not, you know, there's no paintbrush that was used. But how long does it take to create a piece of art? Like, you're getting ready to do this, um, you said you're commissioned to do, um, what's the building? You know, I just, uh, Falling Water, that's the name of oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Frank Lloyd Wright uh, Masterpiece, one of his mm-hmm. architects. It's a building that was constructed over a waterfall. Okay. In, uh, in, in Pennsylvania, but it's uh, an award design, winning design, uh, hun- worth hundreds of millions of dollars, this residence. But when I, when I attempt to do a piece, it's first the selection of the of the piece that I want to do, I find, as I said, I, I there's there's no challenge to me to do abstract art with the typewriter. That's okay. not a challenge. That's that's easy. And I like to do things that challenge me mentally and spiritually. So gotcha. finding an appropriate image that I want to render. Mm-hmm. And when I have that, then I have to uh, sketch it. You know, I sketch it. I sketch it. And thereupon uh, have the basis for my calculations to transfer that imagery onto on other pieces of paper, usually two or three, because the, the body, the fields of view that I capture wouldn't fit on one piece of typewriter paper. So mm-hmm. I work on two to three pieces of paper that are contiguous and when placed together form the image. Okay. Which I then use that as the matrix for my print making uh, uh, practice where I now take, implant that print on a piece of canvas that's probably three times as wide as the typewriter paper that I use to begin mm-hmm. with. Wow. Um, so what you know, is asking me about the time. So as I said before, the math takes the most time. First, right. you select the image because everything I, I, it has to hit me is this I can do and I can do beautifully. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's, it's a feeling that this I want to do. And, it's, it, and every artist will understand what I'm talking about. He chooses right. to do something, and he sees it. That's it. It's in his heart. Uh-huh. And so once it's there, and I've picked, picked it out, 
I begin by doing the mathematics to keep everything to the scale that I want to render it in. So I have to I come up with conversions faster with my mathematics, my differential equations, and having minor the mathematics, I did take a course in the theory of math. Which okay. after differential yeah, after the differential equations and calculus and all that, I took a course uh in the theory of math, which gives you mm-hmm. an understanding of how math might be used. Right. Really? right. Well you and just go on with your bad self. <laughs> you just go. Well, I let's say I I, I I I have art, my body of work. Mm-hmm. Art is classified by medium. It's how the image was executed. And mm-hmm. for all the great artists, from Michelangelo to Matisse to Rembrandt to War, to all the artists that are recognized as being the great artists of the world, they've used the paintbrush. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so to to when you see my work and examine it and realize that it is all typed, every every key, every mark there is from a is from a typed stroke. Right. That end result, that canvas or that piece, is unlike any art that exists in the world. You are absolutely right. I'm looking at a piece of it. I'm looking at it. I just, you know, yeah, I, I there's, just. Woo. There's no art. It's there's, amazing. So when they, even that's that's my dilemma. When it comes to pricing, well, first right. of all, is that I, I, once the Smithsonian purchased two of my canvases, I realized, mm-hmm. okay, I must be a good artist. They don't just buy art, you know. Anybody's exactly. Stuff, right? <laughs> okay, so that that validified, or that gave uh, verification to my theory that it was fine art, because mm-hmm. up until the recognition of a museum, something new is just. It's just what you call it. It hasn't been recognized. So the recognition is there. Right. Um, and then, then how do you value it? Well, you value it by, they say, actually, in checking, looking at the art market, it's always compare your art to others that have a similar style mm-hmm. or a similar technique. Mm-hmm. And there, upon, I, there is no one. Right. And has never yeah. been anyone. Right. So, so how valuable is it? Right. You yeah. Know, that's, that's a dilemma. Then, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, I. I so uh, it's it's not problematic. It will resolve itself as I yeah. engage more in in uh, the marketing of my work. That's something I've failed to do. Uh, but as now I realize that I have to really be much more involved in this marketing and uh yeah. and, and and be and and get it out there so yeah. that it is it is uh so the people know about it. Nobody knows yeah. about it. Right. You know, and, and then the first, we don't want you to, to transition from this to from this realm and then all of a sudden, you know, oh my gosh, you know, his work, look at this and you know, it's now a million dollars just to buy a piece of your um artwork. We don't want that. We want you to get all of this while you're here. <laughs> I you hope know? So. Yeah, yeah. Because uh it's not getting any younger. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what? Um, and listening to you know, thinking because my mind is always thinking. You know, um, when we were going back to um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, how mm-hmm. about thinking about something to create? Um, you know, and and you know, so that you could send it to him, maybe. That's um, a good idea. He, In fact, yeah. yeah, I understand. He's the uh, director of the Hayden Planetarium. Okay. In Manhattan, in New York. And okay. I think that maybe I'll do the, the Hayden, the planetarium for him. There you go. Yeah. Hey, he appreciates yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yep. And, yep. Great connection. I'm going to work on that tonight. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. So, look, I want to yeah. see the finished product before you send it Thanks out. So, I just want to see it. Of, of course. I it's It's in the works. All right. Wonderful, yeah. Because I think once he gets that, oh my gosh, that that right there is just going to elevate you immediately. 
Yeah, it, um, it certainly and, would be a conversation starter. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then you all went to the same school back in the day. Come on, you can't right. lose on that That's one. That's the uniqueness of it. Yeah, know? okay. And, and, I, and, I, and I went there in 1955. Okay. So, in see, fact, that was uh, it. That's great. Yeah. I've got a That's... Time Magazine picture of me. In 1956 at that school. What? Yeah. Where is it, Vincent? Well, it's in my portfolio in my case. Right, we got to get that on your website. And their microphones. Yeah, uh-huh. they, they, they did a story on, on uh, the school. And they said the okay. median IQ was in the 140s, but there are some classes where the average, the, that average IQ was 160 and more. And then they I remember that day they had me, the only black kid, sitting in the front that day, you know, when they came oh. to Time Magazine, came in and took the pictures. And there I oh. am, front and center. Yeah. Wow. And that, so that, you had the physical yeah. picture? I had the picture, right. I had, I had the physical picture. Well, you know what? We got to take a picture of that so we can get that on the website. Okay. That's we'll like, that. that's, yeah, we got to get that out there. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a classroom. They, they took a picture of the class uh-huh. right, to run the story. And I, I my, normally I sat towards the, the rear, but at this on this date, the teacher had me sitting up front. The desk was up front near the teacher's desk, and it was looking toward the back. You probably see 12 to 15 of the boys in this class because none of the girls took that engineering drawing class. And um, I have the picture. You know, oh, I, my gosh. I know it was me. I was so ashamed of the picture when it came out because I looked like I was I was so crouched down over my work at the desk. Uh, and, you know, at 15, 14, 15 years old, you don't really understand. I didn't understand yeah. them the magnitude of being in Time Magazine in 1956. Anyway. Wow. See? You know, in school. That was just a prerequisite of what was supposed to take place now. I, yeah, I, I want to see I, that. I hear you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing right there. We have to get that. Um, is it in good condition? And, uh, I'm, well, it's, it's a photograph I took from from the from their from Time Magazine's website. Oh, okay. Uh, you go and you go into you can go on any you go on and you go into their micro features and the, then it brings up the story on the Bronx High School of Science that they ran in 1956. Okay. Uh, and that's it brings up the story and it brings up the pictures and I photographed the screen. So that's wow. Yeah. Probably can get That's the, the actual magazine in print one day, and I have to have a few more dollars. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah you'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll get it. So um, before we, you know, wrap it up, um, Vincent, what is your vision? I know you talked a little bit about it, but what is your vision going forward? We we need to get you. We need to get you out there more. We need to get your work um, seen as much as possible. And and you know, for my listeners, if anyone um, you know has any suggestions or would like to do an art show, would would like for Vincent to do an art show or anything like that, please you can contact us on um, his Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the typewriter artist. You can also get in touch with him via his website, vincenthalltype.com. That's vincenthalltype, T-Y-P-E.com. Mm-hmm. All right, and I would say, and this is objectively speaking, I would okay. say that my, the, the, the limited editions or those prints that are signed and numbered by me mm-hmm. uh, are historical. I mean, they will one day yep. uh, uh, be something that, well, for, for all the artists and art critics and everyone who's working in art today uh, is using the same means, that paintbrush yeah. that yeah. was used uh, 
100 years ago or 200 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's all fine art and that body of work. We've got work, we've got media applied to canvases by many means. And usually it's all the same in the sense that the mechanical process, the holding of the hand and directing that uh, implement, whether it's a paintbrush or a pen, or mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's controlled by the hand directly. My work is also controlled by the hand directly, but in the process that my input is to press the key down on the typewriter. Mm -hmm. It comes out and makes the mark. Right. So that's mechanically distinct from other art that's on canvas. Mm -hmm. And, And... do it, and these and and the canvases exist as the only ones of their type, and then it comes down to the aesthetic of the image. And I think my work uh, has merit, as insofar as it's having uh, a quality, uh, a strikingness, a beauty to it that would yes, command respect artistically, no matter how it was done. Right. Absolutely. Right. No Right, no matter how it's done, it's a beautiful picture. Yes, it right. is. Right, so that's, yes, that's my, what I want to say importantly about my work. And, I, and my, my my work is, this is a collection. And my, uh, yes, it is. Collect, if, if someone collects, who else collects this artist? Well, he's a, it's in the museums. It's in the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two museums. The Capitol, yes. the Visual Building, and also the National Museum of African American History. Um, hopefully more. I'm, I'm really not the best salesman uh, because I don't. I developed this. I invented this medium all on my own. Yeah. Didn't come out of in a university, an art school, or anything like that. So all those contacts that one uh, establishes as they work their way through uh, fine arts degrees, master's degrees, shows, and. Um, where their work is exhibited amongst their peers and comparable artists, uh, I missed all that. You know, that's okay because uh, you know what? Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? But I, I, I do did, believe evidently I created, these people, huh? I just feel I created my own medium. You did. You, know? right. you did, and and the thing mm-hmm. about all of this is, this is one one thing I, I have to say. And you talked about just now other people, you know, wanting going to these art schools and and have these connections and this connection, sweetie. You got the biggest connection there is, and that is God. They the world they just don't know how big your God is yet, but they getting ready to find out. How about that? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm how about with that? you all the way, one hundred percent. All right, there you go. Right. Because let me tell you, when you when you believe and when you've created something this incredible you are you you're actually the Vincent Van Gogh of today (laughs) as far as what you've created um and I know it just didn't come out of the sky you know what I mean you were given this gift this talent and when God leads you to it he will bring you through it so I don't know the way I don't know how or where I can't see that far ahead but because I don't need to all I know is we got faith we believe, and you just sit back and watch. You've already done I'm the gonna, work. I'm going to persevere mm-hmm. and continue to put yeah. in my work too. Yeah. There you go. That's and right. Because I, I, that's a, that's a wonderful idea, a suggestion you gave me with respect to yep. uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Uh, doing um, because he as the director of the Hayden Planetarium, and that's a beautiful mm-hmm. structure. Yes, uh, it is. I've never uh, been, but I've I just seen pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can work. I'll work something. I can do something. Okay, yeah. and when you do, we're going to get in touch with him. We're going to send okay. it to him, and then you are going to receive a phone call from him. <laughs> okay. How about that? We done claimed it, sure put it out a, there. That seems like a possibility. Oh, no, it's, a, it's he done. Has a, he, has, he has that kind of an inquiring mind. I mean, yes, he's he very does. He, he's, well, he'll want to know. Oh, my gosh. And the two of you talking, oh, my gosh. I can see you guys talking for hours, okay, hours. I can imagine. 
Yeah. You know, so yeah, this Especially is already done. We're coming mm-hmm. from that special uh, alma mater. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first. You've heard it here. So make sure you keep following, um, following Vincent on his, you know, by his uh, through his Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the typewriter artist, because we will be posting updates and keeping you aware of, you know, what's going on. And also, if you want to buy some of his work, you know, visit his um, Facebook page or again his um, website, vincenthalltype.com. Either one of those, you can get in touch with him because um, we will continuously post. So, yes, I'm so excited for you. I'm, I just can't wait. I can't wait for the greater things that's about to happen, and that's already in the works. We just don't see it yet, but it's there. Mm-hmm. So okay. this is pretty exciting. Yes, yes. So, Vincent, I just, you know, so I always ask my guests, because we're down to that time. Time goes by so fast. But I always ask my guests that come on, especially those who have created something, whether it's their own business, um, they're out here inspiring and, and motivating and empowering other people. And you have so much. You've done so much in your life already. You've already been a blessing to so many. You're blessing me just by being here and sharing uh, uh, a huge part of your journey with us, and I so appreciate you for doing that. So, why don't you leave us with um, um, something, you know, a piece of advice or something uh, that th- these people who want to start a business or who want to follow their dreams and their passion that they can take home with them? So, what would you say to, you know, you have um, so many people tuning in today? And not even today, they'll be listening from here until eternity because this is out there now. So what would you like to leave them with? Well, I I think we touched on uh, my fervor for Mm -hmm. keeping one's health, keeping one's body and mind just as, I won't say clean, but take care of yourself. Don't get into the bad habits, smoking and debilitating the body because that's that's where you you will lose your powers. Yeah. When they're emaciated by unhealthy lifestyle and the end results of of, of years. So first off, make put it in your mind that if you want to do something, then you want to be healthy enough to do it well without the interference yeah. of things that you can avoid. And right. secondly, no one. No one has a monopoly on expression or creativity. We all have some develop yours, inculcated in the way you look at things. It may not look like an end result right away, but if you have a goal or a desire, yes. or a dream, follow it. Sometimes you put it on the back burner, but you never mm-hmm. give up because it didn't work the first time. That's right. It didn't work the second time. There was no outlet for it. As I said, I've been doing my art for almost 50 years. Wow. And I feel that, okay, it's about time. Yes. But it's never been something that I would say, well, uh, I didn't exceed. I gave this thing five years, eight years, and it didn't work, so that's that. You know, don't close the door on your opportunities especially for the things that you feel uh, that you can, that you are giving. Yeah. If you feel that you can give the world something, then don't lose that spirit. You know? There you go. That's, that's about as much, I mean, that's, that would be universal for whatever you want to do. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the key to it, what you want to do. And they always talk about don't get to have a career that's not something you love. Right. So that is the point. Try if there's something you love to do, then you should never give up on it. There you go, there you go, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was wonderful, very profound. Thank you so much, Vincent, and thank you just for taking the time once again to be with us this evening. We so appreciate you and wish you mm-hmm. abundant blessings in all of your future endeavors. And take a look at my art on the website. So you can see yeah. the imagery. Yeah. Uh, and 
And you can see what we've been talking about on the radio. I mean, on the on the broadcast without mm-hmm. the, without the advantage of the image. And you see where more or less where I'm coming from when I talk about uh, following your creativity. Don't yeah. you limit your creativity and output because what's there not, in the beginning may not be what's down the road. And, and I guess that comes from the the result of of, of years of scientific uh, training, looking for breakthroughs, looking for answers, and then sometimes having uh, fabulous results and sometimes having failed results. You right. never know until the area is until it's explored. That's and right. That's right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Vincent. Thank you again. Um, once again, that's Vincent Hall, the typewriter artist. We so appreciate him. And again, his website, vincenthalltype.com, and his Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash the typewriter artist. So, Vincent, we're going to have to have you come back um, sometime next year, and we're going to have some so many wonderful things um, that have that have happened since this broadcast. So we can't wait okay. to um, have you back on us with us. All right, and, and my Facebook page will be updated. I'm having a show in Arizona for Black History Month oh, yeah. in February right. and March. Mm-hmm. And that information, uh, it's in Surprise, Arizona. But mm-hmm. uh, for the for the benefit of those that may be in that area, uh, that's that's a, a bookmark that I'll be adding to the website. Awesome. Yes, please. We have to get that updated ASAP. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, All right, Vincent, Lisa. if you'd like to if you'd like to hang in um, and listen to the last part of the show, you're welcome. But if not, we will talk soon. And I just love you so much. I love your work, and I thank you for sharing it with the world. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're and, welcome. Uh, Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, sweetie. All right. So that was awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, that was Mr. Vincent Hall, the typewriter artist. Please, please, please go visit his website and his Facebook page. You, If you haven't, if you're not familiar, if you haven't seen his work, trust me when I tell you it's going to blow your mind. No matter how many times I look at it, I, it I'm always just astounded and amazed Um by how awesome his work is. So we're at that part of the show where I want to leave you with this. I want to share with you a few passages from Stephen Pressfield's book, Turning Pro. And in his book, he talks about the amateur and the pro. And that's basically what um, Vincent, the last part of what he was sharing with us, you know, as far as, you know, following your dream, following your heart, following your passion. And I love um, Stephen's books because he shoots straight from the hip and helping you to see and to recognize both of these qualities as far as your whether you're an amateur or whether you're um, whether you want to turn pro and how to transition from one um, to the other. So real quick, I just want to share a couple of little passages from his book. And one of them, um, the amateur lacks compassion for himself. In his heart, the amateur knows he's hiding. He knows he was meant for better things. He knows he has turned away from his higher nature. If the amateur had empathy for himself, he could look in the mirror and not hate what he sees. Achieving this compassion is the first powerful step toward moving from being an amateur to being a pro. The amateur who seeks permission. The amateur believes Before she can act, she must receive permission from some omnipotent other, a lover or a spouse, a parent, a boss, a figure of authority. The amateur sits on a stool like Lana Turner at Schwab's waiting to be discovered. And the amateur who lives for the future. The amateur and the addict focus exclusively on the product and the payoff. Their concern is 
what's in it for them, and how soon and how cheaply they can get it. Consumer culture is designed to exploit the amateur. If you don't believe me, watch 10 minutes of TV or scroll through any magazine or online shopping site. My beef with American culture is that almost every aspect, including the deliberations of the legislator and the judiciary, has been debased to pander to the culture of amateurism. The promise that our products and politicians proffer is the promise one might make to an infant or an addict. I will get you what you want, and it will cost you nothing. The amateur who lives in the past. Because the amateur owns nothing of spirit in the present, she either looks forward to a hopeful future or backward to an idyllic past. But the past evoked by the amateur is make-believe. It never existed. It's a highlight reel that she edited together from events that almost took place or should have occurred. In a way, the amateur's reimagined past is worse when it's true, because then it's really gone. The payoff of living in the past or the future is you never have to do your work in the present. And just two more, the amateur who will always be ready tomorrow. Two Hollywood producers were talking. One said, I've got good news, and I've got bad news. So the other said, give me the good news. Remember that mansion we were trying to rent for a big party scene, but we couldn't get because it cost $50,000 for the night? Well, I just talked to the guy and give it to us for $10,000. So what's the bad news? He wants a hundred bucks up front. So the sure sign of an amateur is he has millions and millions of plans, but they all start tomorrow. And one more. Have you ever followed a, a guru or a mentor? I have. I've given my power away to lovers and spouses. I've sat by the phone. I've waited for permission. I've turned in work and awaited trembling the judgment of others. I've given away my power subtly, subtly, with a glance that was perceptible to no one. And I've given away overtly and shamelessly for all the world to see. Exile, failure, and banishment can be good things sometimes because they force us to act from our own center and not from someone else's. I applaud your story of how you hit bottom because at the bottom there's no one there but yourself. And then I'm going to skip all the way over because I could keep reading and reading and reading. Um, What happens when you turn, what happens when we turn pro is we finally, finally listen to that still small voice inside our head. At last, we find the courage to identify the secret dream or love or bliss that we have known all along was our passion, our calling, our destiny, whether it be ballet, motorcycle maintenance, founding a clinic in the slums of Sao Paulo, this, we acknowledge at last, is what we're most afraid. This is what we know in our hearts we have to do. So whether you are 25 or 75 plus, as Mr. Vincent Hall has already proven to us, You are never too old to start building upon your dream and to go from being an amateur to turning pro. So that concludes our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us and a shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me and also to my friends and colleagues and all of my social networking sites. Once again, a big thank you to Mr. Vincent Hall for taking the time to share a big part of your journey and your wisdom with us. We are eternally grateful for you. Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration and leave a message to let us know you stopped by and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101 and follow us on Twitter at least L Y S C 
101. Make sure you come back and tune in on Monday, October 16th, where we will be excited to talk with the unconquerable activist, Miss Jane Elliott. So always remember, folks, that real power comes from knowledge because knowledge is power, and when we know better, we do better. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation Seek God and learn how to love yourself first, because after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone.